Welcome to the Leader Growth Podcast. I'm David Skidmore. Leader Growth is designed to help leaders overcome challenges and experience transformation. And I am really excited because today we're going to be talking around the idea of connection and creativity and how you can better create and connect as a leader. And to do that, I brought on my new friend. We've just been talking in here for a few minutes. We just met uh, recently at TEDx Oklahoma City, Hannah Schmidt, the founder of The Treasury, mm-hmm. the founder of The Hundred, mm-hmm. and I would say a lot more things that I probably don't know about. Hannah, thank you for joining the yeah, Leader Growth Podcast today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I want to go ahead and jump in. We're, we're talking around these ideas of how to create and how to connect uh, we didn't even talk about this yet, but like when you think of yourself, mm-hmm. do you think of yourself first as a connector or do you think of yourself more as a creative? Uh, connector. Okay. I feel like that has changed some over the years of other people telling me that. Okay. So how so? Um, I often will make a very casual introduction that I will think will be mm-hmm. nothing. And then some, I'll see someone later and be like, oh, we started working together because you said that <laughs> or, you know, different things. Yeah. So, um, and when other people introduce me like, oh, this is my friend Hannah and she's really good at connecting. Yeah. So then you kind of start to take note like, oh, I guess everyone else caught on to this before me. Yeah. So, so you lead the treasury, which mm-hmm. is a co-working space specifically for women. Yes. Can men be involved in it as well? Men can rent our private rooms. Men can come there if they have a meeting with one of our members, but we don't want your money. We do not want you to be a member this at the is Treasury. A f- this so. is a female co-working space. Yes. So yes. I, I, we actually talked about this. I didn't know if I was allowed to, to go there until I was uh, given an invite by Jansen Miller yes. uh, to one, one of those sessions. Shout out to, to Jansen, <laughs> uh, previous Leader Growth uh, podcast guest and also good friend as well. Yeah. Men come to our events. Um, we have a couple members who have like men on their team or men mm-hmm. who work for them. And so when they have a meeting with them, yeah. obviously we allow them to come. They're just not our full-time members. So Yeah. You know, before we jump into everything else, I do want to say a special thank you to Mike Hearn because I learned just a few moments ago as well. Hannah doesn't do a lot of these podcasts. She doesn't do things like this, but Mike, it was your talk at TEDx Oklahoma City that uh, that led her to say yes, just as you talk about in your talk. So thank you so much for this rare interview with Hannah Schmidt. Okay, so Hannah, uh, what led to the treasury even happening? I mean, we, we, we talked a, a few minutes ago about your background and all the places that you've uh, lived and the, the different things you've been a part of, but what, what led to creating something like this? Yeah, so I was working from home. Mm-hmm. It was going very well. This was all, you know, pre-COVID. Yeah. Um, I got to work from home because I just had a great publisher. I was an editor at a magazine then. She let everybody work remotely, which was great and wonderful. Started having kids and it was less wonderful wow. because there's yeah. stuff everywhere. Um, and I I was looking around at other co-working spaces, coffee shops. Nothing was really solving the problem, right? If I'm mm-hmm. if I rented a private office, it's really expensive really long-term lease, which for a woman who is in a lot of flexibility in that season, mm-hmm. it wasn't going to work. Um, just really isolating still. Yeah. Um, the co-working spaces were great. Seemed very like male forward there too. Right. Yeah. Uh, and 
not that different from a co-working. I mean, not that different from a coffee shop because hmm. um, they sold day passes. So it was like a lot of strangers just coming and going. So right. still not really meeting the need. And I noticed that a lot of women were like me, like they were getting more and more flexibility. Um, but then none of the, like the resources to help them with that. So okay. um, remote work was becoming more popular. But mm-hmm. If you and, and women starting their own businesses from home was becoming more popular. Yes. Um, but then you're suddenly out of this corporate environment where people are scheduling like education for you and you can have a quick conversation with HR if you have a question. Yeah. Suddenly you don't have that anymore. Um, so started the treasury. Uh, we do have physical workspace and mm-hmm. meeting space, but we also have programs events so that we kind of fill that gap of if whenever you have questions and things that you want to learn more about, we're offering that. It's really important because as an entrepreneur, the world can be very lonely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so you're working with people who are leading something, who are creating something, who are making something, contributing something uh, to to the world. When, when, when you think about, you know, we, we talked about uh, some of the foundations, even when you first came here. Mm-hmm. When you first moved moved to Oklahoma City, you didn't actually know a lot of people here. I knew no one except my husband. I just got married to <laughs> <laughs> no one, and um, we lived at the Park Harvey. It was right across the street mm-hmm. from Devin, and I'm sure made his commute easy. Oh yeah, I'm sure yeah. <laughs> he's not weirded out by this at all. I mean, I would wake up and I would clean the whole apartment, which is only 900 square feet. Mm-hmm. So it take me like 15 minutes, and then. I would walk the dog all day long, but then I would look out our window from our window. I could see the door of Devin and I would just wait for him to leave and come home because yeah, which is not a great way to start out marriage. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, um, I spent a lot of time on the phone with friends who are like, Hey, I have a job. Uh, Can you find something else to do? Mm -hmm. Um, so, and was applying for a lot of jobs. It took probably three months for me to find work. Um, and that made it a lot easier. Finding a church made it a lot easier. But mm-hmm. it's hard to move to a place where you know no one. Yeah, and Oklahoma City is wildly friendly. Mm-hmm. But also, it can take a while to build those friendships because everybody knows each other here. Yeah. And the relationships here run deep. And so when when, when I first came back, it was kind of like, okay, like, welcome. Mm-hmm. I, I came back in 2016. Like, welcome back to, uh, to Oklahoma City. I knew a few people from from college, but I didn't know a ton of people here. People were very friendly, mm-hmm. but it took a while to go deeper. Yes, yeah, it is. People are very friendly, but people, be, I think, because people are so friendly, they already have their friends, so right. they're kind of like, "Oh well, like I was in the sorority, <laughs> and I really <laughs> yes. don't need another friend." Uh, and I hear that a lot. The Treasury has attracted a lot of women who are fairly new to Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. um, especially post-COVID. There's been a wave of women who have moved back, either cost of living. You know, they haven't lived here in a while or maybe never lived mm-hmm. here. Maybe they moved here with a spouse. Um, and they say those same things like, yeah. oh, well, I didn't realize that everyone was already going to have such a strong friend group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's probably true of any place. But especially yeah. in Oklahoma City, it can feel isolating if you were not if you weren't in a sorority at OU or OSU, then you're kind of on the fringes. So <laughs> so you looked at it, and then one day after working with a, a magazine mm-hmm. as an editor, yes, which yeah. is not an easy job, Mm-mm. you decided, you know what, I'm just going to go make this thing. Yeah, yeah. Is that your first entrepreneurial thing that you've done? Yes, and I really, wow. I didn't, I didn't want to do it at all. I wanted somebody else to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but no one else was. So, uh, 
I, it was my first attempt at starting a business, Mm -hmm. but also I'm kind of the person who, of course I'm afraid of failure or wouldn't want to fail, but Mm -hmm. I'm also like, if something is nagging at me, it's not going to bother me if I tried and it doesn't work out. So I didn't feel too much pressure. It was like, I'm going to try this, this thing out. So when, when you first started, Mm -hmm. did you have a vision for like, I'm going to start with this co-working space or like how, how did this unfold? Um, I think the vision is so much different than like what actually happens, mm-hmm. right? Like I thought I was just going to open a physical space. I thought if I open this workspace for women, they're going to see it's half the cost of a private office mm-hmm. and they're just going to flock to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't like that. And <laughs> <laughs> shocker. <laughs> I was like, if I open a leadership development business, people are just going to go, Hey, we've actually been waiting for you. <laughs> for you to do and that. like yeah. all of a sudden, all the businesses in Oklahoma city, were going to call me and then Dallas and so on and so on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like I just had to say I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I thought that's all you do, right? You get yeah. a building, you get an Instagram account and then you have customers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it did not work out that way at all. Um, but I, someone had told me in the beginning, and I don't even remember who it was. There a lot of people, because at that time I was running Creative Mornings, which is a breakfast lecture series monthly. I got to meet a lot of entrepreneurs through that Mm -hmm. and just got a lot of advice. And someone said, just listen really, really well to what people want. Wow. And that was really the best advice. I don't even remember who said it It was at a Creative Mornings event. Um, And so, you know, I have an idea of something that I think people want, but it, as I'm listening to what people really mm-hmm. tell me would solve their problems, that's where like the events and the programs really came yeah. up, right? Um, because some people don't even um, can't even wrap their mind around a co-working space if they mm-hmm. are working from home and they think it's working, you know. Yeah. Um, and so to get them in the door and really picture themselves there through these mm-hmm. events that are a little bit more of a smaller commitment. Um, and then the events really created a network around those speakers who could answer mm-hmm. their questions and all of that. And then once I think once women started to realize, like, there is the option to be totally alone and try mm-hmm. this and just Google my way through, which is possible. Yeah. I've done it and wouldn't recommend it. But, <laughs> um, or this other way where I can ask actual people who I know have expertise and mm-hmm. who I know have this experience and they're right next to me all day long, um, you know, they're going to go with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you started out and, and you say, this is going to be for women only. Mm-hmm. Why, why not let men be part of it? I really felt strongly from the beginning mm-hmm. that it be women only. And even, you know, I say I was a good listener. I think it's also important for me to kind of caveat that by saying like, you can be picky about who you listen to because when we were trying Mm -hmm. to get, you know, I ran a very informal business plan by my husband. Um, and we started trying to get, find a space for it and find lending for it. And both like the, the developers and landlords were like women only. Absolutely not. You're going to fail. Thank Really? Oh yes. What? Yes. Half, half of the people out there are never going to be your customer. So we were out. Okay. Um, and banks said the same thing. I could not get a loan to save my life. Um, they were just like, there's just no way that wow. this will work. Um, I'm like, have you ever heard of a niche? I mean, come on guys. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, they, they were not fans. So then I started really thinking, even like we were trying to hire someone to do our website and even like design groups were like, mm-hmm. 
we would really encourage you to think about this being co-ed. Um, and wow. so it was really like a, just, especially it being your first business. It's like, how hard do I like hold on to this thing that I really believe is going to work? Yeah. How close did you get to saying, I think we'll just like open it up? Well, so for me, it was either women only or no business. Okay. You know, for, for Brian, I think my husband who was yeah. helping me, he was like women only or men only. And I was like, if it's not going to be women only, I'm not going to do it because that was my whole point. Yeah. It was women having more flexibility, women having more opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, for that. And like I said, I had gone to the other co-working spaces mm-hmm. that were no offense, very bro club ish. And it just wasn't like, I'm I not offended. Never find- <laughs> They're not mine. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, bro club could be offensive. I am not trying to hurt anyone's feelings. The bro clubs are out there yeah. and that's great because mm-hmm. we have a place for the women now. Um, and so, and, and I'm, like I mentioned too, it was never about being anti-men. The women in that season of starting a business or mm-hmm. navigating working from home, um, they were really needing someone mm-hmm. to pour into them time and resources and effort and energy. And if I was going to really try to specifically serve them, mm-hmm. even if a man wanted to come, I've said several times, because people have asked me, like, are you afraid you're going to get sued? And I'm like, if a man, if a man really pitched a fit, he would come and, but we wouldn't be serving him. Why would he want to be there? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All the events and everything would be, um, like really catered to the women in the room. So, um, so yeah, that's for me, it was just no, it was always just going to be like women only or nothing. So we didn't get a loan. We maxed out a credit card. And to buy everything that we needed. Wow. So let's go. (laughs) We're doing it. Yeah. But thankfully, you know, and all those, like the landlords and developers, whenever we were shopping for space, it was, we we finally, I finally toured with Eric Flesky. He's the developer of the whole corner of our um, spot, our space out there. Um, And he's a commercial broker. He really believed in the idea. Yeah. Um, enough to be like, you know, I'm going to build out the space for you and mm-hmm. I'm going to help you. I'm going to wow. walk you through all the process. What was that like? Getting... It was amazing uh-huh. considering, I mean, I went to so many tours where like, yeah. like I would walk in and the first question, right, is like, you going to bring your husband? Like, they don't even know I'm married, you know? <laughs> um, or are you doing this by yourself? Welcome to and Oklahoma I'm, City. Yes, yeah, yeah, kind of questions <laughs> like that. Eric was amazing. And in fact, hmm. so amazing, Eric said, which this was, I guess almost five years ago, four and a half Mm -hmm. years ago on film row. And the entire, this entire corner was vacant. He had bought the building and was working on remodeling it, but no one had signed a lease yet. And he, he loved the idea so much. And he said, what if I lease everything all the way down to Sheridan to only women? Whoa. And I said, Oh, that'd be awesome. But you know, I know he's got to make money. So I just thought he was just kind of blowing smoke. And he did it. He did and it. Wild Mother opened, Salt and Water opened, wow. Sweet Yield Studio opened, all women. Amazing. And mostly women also who had had really bad experiences with commercial brokers mm. talking to them that same way. Yeah. And it's like, it was really a good entrepreneurship lesson for me of like the way that he talked to me and about me and about his own business and about mine mm-hmm. was like, the, the price doesn't even matter. I mean, if I know I'm going to be supported by you at this level, yeah. then this is the right relationship. So that brings up just a lot of the challenges, at least as I'm hearing you say, it it, it sounds like a lot of the challenges that women face in the workplace. Yes. I mean, there is a, there's an expectation that even as you said that 
they weren't going to have the conversation with you. They mm-hmm. were going to have the conversation with your husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are some of the challenges that you see that women have to experience and endure that, you know, may, maybe men don't have to? I think that from conversations that I get to be part of just through my job, um, I think women feel very frustrated at the idea that they maybe can't take on certain things because of family obligations or Mm -hmm. just their gender in general. Um, I have seen women like firsthand do eight hours worth of work in five hours just Mm -hmm. because they are, have disciplined themselves to that point because they have to. Um, I think women also feel a little bit frustrated um, and not supported in their workplace of like being able to make those decisions for themselves. Like just being Mm -hmm. able to have the autonomy to say like, I'm actually going to work these hours because it's better for my family, but I'm still going to get as much done as someone Mm -hmm. who, who doesn't have those obligations. So I think they just want a shot. I think they just want someone to trust them enough. Um, you know, there's a lot of this narrative of like, they just don't want to work or, um, about anyone right now, not just women, but the women Mm. who I'm seeing right now want to work. They, they want to be successful. They want to help their company succeed and thrive. Mm -hmm. They want to help their teams thrive. Um, they just want to do it in a way that honors their personal values. Mm -hmm. And so, and I think that for men, it's been easy. I think men and women both need that. They mm-hmm. need to be able to do that in a way that honors their personal values. Mm-hmm. But men have been okay with being told your butt has to be in this chair from eight to five every day mm-hmm. in this office because they've had somebody else to take care of some of those yeah. other things. I don't think anyone should be told that. It's 2022. So. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> called modern leadership, <laughs> modern life. Yes. And everybody's saying, let's go back. And I'm not, I, I'm not for it. Yeah. 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 So, you know, that, that makes me think, um, so many challenges that, that people feel today in work and mm-hmm. so many different, I I've noticed though, I've done leadership development, uh, led different groups. Generally speaking, when I sit down with a man, Mm-hmm. and share with him what, what we're doing with leader growth, mm-hmm. it's a much more difficult sell. And I've noticed that a lot of women are interested in personal development, leadership development. And I'm curious from your perspective, why is that? Well, I think that women for a long time weren't even being sold to on that. Hmm. So, I mean, men might be more used to getting that. I think women haven't always had the opportunity or the invitation to learn in those spaces. Mm. Um, but I think that women are really trying right now to figure out, um, how to make sure that things are different for the women coming up under them. Mm -hmm. My understanding from a lot of older women is that they were kind of, as they were climbing corporate ladders, kind of, um, kept down by other women in a way of like, well, I had it rough, so you need to have it rough. Hmm. And I feel like wow. this new group of women are really saying like, you can have all my secrets. You can know everything. I'll, I'll help you however wow. I can because they recognize the power of that. Um, so thankfully, I don't think it's as much of a problem anymore, but I think that women are 
they finally have the, the capacity and the bandwidth mm-hmm. to invest in themselves a bit more um, and want to figure out how to do that really well for the women under them. Wow. Okay, so I want to talk about the power of women that you see in our community. We're going to talk about the, the 100 here in just mm-hmm. a moment. But before we do, mm-hmm. we have to go into a speed round. Okay. Are you ready? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Taylor, are we queued up? We're good? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Question number one. Mm-hmm. In Abilene, where you're from. Yes. Favorite restaurant, period. Rosa's. Rosa's. Mm-hmm. If you haven't been to Rosa's, you don't know about this. Okay, let, let's keep going. Uh, favorite snack? Um, chips of any kind. Any kind. Any kind of chips. Any flavor? Salt and vinegar, barbecue, anything. Salt and vinegar, number one. Yes. Yep. We're going to be friends. Okay. Uh, do you have a go-to soft drink? A Diet Dr. Pepper. Diet Dr. Pepper. I'm more pro Dr. Pepper, but, you know, that's great. Okay. Let, let's keep going on the speed round. Uh, favorite candy? Oh, uh, dark chocolate. Favorite author? Bob Goff. Bob Goff? Yeah, probably. Brilliant. Uh, who are you listening to podcast-wise recently? Um, Jess Connolly. Books or magazines? Hmm... I am reading Eve in Exile by Rebecca Merkel. Okay. It's very good so far. Is that a magazine or a book? It's a book. Okay. Do you lean towards books or magazines? Books. Okay. Magazine. I still read Texas Monthly, even though I've been here yeah. for 10 years. So <laughs> You're that's a Texan. Al- always yeah. my favorite magazine. Okay. Uh, oh, man. I was, I was about to, to go into Texas questions, but we'll, we'll just keep it up here in, in Oklahoma. <laughs> I'm killing our speed around. Okay. Let, let's come back to it. Um, Steak or barbecue? Steak. Best barbecue spot that you found in Oklahoma? I don't like Got to go back to Abilene yeah, for that? I don't okay. like <laughs> barbecue here. Uh, my husband smokes like... You one, found that? Yeah. 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 Um, so my husband's brisket probably. Oh, yeah. That's... Yeah. Taylor, you look like, like you're in for, for that. Oh, yeah. Carnivore diet? Yep. Yep. Okay. I'm not on the carnivore diet, but uh, Taylor is... Not a meat eater? I do love meat, but he's exclusive meat. Oh, exclusive. <laughs> 75 days so far of only meat. Oh, wow. It's incredible. You've been slimming down? Amazing. Okay. So let's go ahead. We're going to jump into the second half of today's interview now that we've gone through all things barbecue, snacks, and... Uh, <laughs> oh, by, by the way, um, favorite leadership person that you've gotten to uh, learn from, whether that's, you know, Brene Brown or John Maxwell or whoever. Goodness. I know. It's way too hard to put me on the spot to pick just one. We um, can go top five. Oh, no. Let's just go one then. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I really, it's been a minute since I've listened to much Brene Brown or read much Brene Brown, but I really do like her. She's amazing. But yeah. Yeah. Power. Lifelong fan. Brene Brown is a powerhouse. Yeah. Wouldn't it be awesome to just sit down and ask Brene Brown any question. Okay, so let, let's go ahead and, and dig in. Second part of this, The Power of Women. You uh-huh. created a magazine called The 100. Yes. This is a game changer. I'm curious when you created it. Well, before we, we talk about when you created it, mm-hmm. let's talk about what you created. What is The 100? 100 Magazine is a magazine featuring 100 women, but it's based on character instead of accomplishments. Uh, 100 from from Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. City. Yes. Character 
over accomplishment. Um, what does that mean? So I know that you know this better than anyone. Our culture is really obsessed with accomplishment and achievement. I mean, we only want the highlights, right? Like, Why do know I know that? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, because yes. yeah, that, those are the circles yeah. that you're in, right? Like, just tell me everything that you've achieved, like, and which is great and, and wonderful. It's, but it's a terrible conversation. It, it becomes incredibly boring it really is. quickly. It is. Yeah. Um, and because of the way that we view accomplishment, we have really, you know, creating these like 40 under 40 and 30 mm-hmm. under 30 and powerless and stuff. Um, I talked to many, many wise women who are not under 40. Mm. I, we really glamorize the under 40 ones. Though, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we're really telling all people, but my heart is women. So mm-hmm. we, we are telling women that like, if you're not, you know, shattering these glass ceilings, then, hmm. uh, it's kind of menial work. You know, you're right. like, um, I, I hear a lot like, uh, because of the times that I take off work or pause work or scale back on work, like, um, or I hear this about other women mm. too, kind of this like, Oh, what such a shame that you can't use your degree and yeah. things like that. that um, kind of makes it seem like we, we collectively kind of treat people who work at, family or household or homemaking as lesser than and mm, like yep. um just it's just kind of menial labor right yeah. it's uh, like it's it's unpaid and mm-hmm. um so i think the idea of the magazine really came from my my frustration in i'm meeting all these really amazing women through the treasury mm-hmm. then i'm opening these power lists yeah. and 40 under 40 lists it, it's not at all the same people. It's like not mm. the same groups of people. And I keep opening these lists and it's the same people over and over. And I'm thinking, mm. Oklahoma City is a big place. Like oh, big place, a lot of people. We can't find more. Over a million. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but then slowly realizing, you know, these generate revenue for these people mm-hmm. and that's wonderful. Yeah. But a lot of women don't know that. And mm-hmm. so they're kind of led to believe, like, well, if I'm not doing if I'm not checking off all these things, I'm yeah. not gonna be viewed as worthy of even being having Mm -hmm. my face in a magazine yeah um so just through a lot of conversations again asking anybody else to do this right because i think i'm thinking like well the people who are already making the magazines they'll be good at this they'll like this Mm -hmm. idea right no they hate it because it doesn't generate anything for them oh yeah yeah Uh, because nobody's gonna yes because then my conditions are like well you can't pay to be in it and you can't sponsor what are we gonna do then right how how is this ever gonna work (laughs) Um, so I get it. And I started to really understand why it wasn't Mm -hmm. happening. So drug my feet a little bit longer, but then like through COVID and seeing a lot of women, um, like their entire careers were just exploded. I mean, just like, yeah, because new things are being asked of them, very worthy things. Mm -hmm. Right. But to keep people safe and healthy and to keep their family moving and to Mm -hmm. keep everything intact, they had to make really hard decisions. Um, and we're, and so coming out of that, I really wanted a project that said your character is really more important than what you achieve. Wow. And um, I wanted an opportunity for, I communicated this a lot with the first issue. Like, I'm just hoping that someday, my daughter's three now, but mm. I really hope that by the time she's my age, she doesn't feel like she has to check off specific boxes, marry the right person, get the right degree, have mm-hmm. the right title, make the right salary to be considered like worthy of any yes. kind of honor. Yes. And so, um, found a hundred women. I asked 10 women to each nominate 10 women. Yeah. We photographed them. 
we interviewed them and put them in a magazine. I so. saw the rollout and I was like, this, I don't know what this is. When, when I first started seeing the, the rollout, you know, because yeah. people are sharing on, on uh, social and I was mm-hmm. like, this is brilliant. I don't know what, what it is, but now hearing it's based on character mm-hmm. over accomplishment, that's an innovative idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, because so much is around achievement and it's about uh, quick wins. Yeah. I, I had a mentor tell me a few years ago, uh, I, I didn't tell you that this part, but uh, early on when I first started business here in, in Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. I was uh, I was in it for two years mm-hmm. and it was failing. My life was not going in a good direction at, at the time. And I was sitting at, at a fire pit with these men and um, and what one of them said, you know, you're your twenties are for learning. Mm-hmm. And I had just turned 32 at, at the time. He's like, your, your twenties are for learning. Your, your thirties are for building character. Mm-hmm. Your forties are for really like building your, your craft in your fifties and your sixties are when you're going to hit peak influence. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're really going to hit peak influence 65 to, uh, to 75. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't feel like you had to peak at 35, what would you do? And I was like, I'd shut my business down right now. Like yeah. I, in, in my head, like I didn't even have, have the courage to say it in that moment because I felt like I was going to fail at this thing. I'm so thankful I took his advice because it allowed me to reset yeah. and say, it won't be about all of these other things. Like I've got to focus on who I'm becoming mm-hmm. instead of just what I'm doing, because there's so much allure towards light stages and all of those things that yeah. at the end of the day um, are pretty hollow yeah. and they don't, they don't deliver on a meaningful and purposeful life. Yeah. Yeah. And you made the comment about quick wins and yeah, we do yeah. want like when I sent, when, when speakers are send me their bio, mm-hmm. you know, it is, it's all these things, right? Yeah. It's all the quick wins. But I know that behind that is a woman who has poured into a lot of other lives that has nothing to do with the quick wins. Yeah. Like, when did you ever say, like, you know, I was really personally touched by this like yeah. quick win that you had. Um, so someone around a dinner table at some point or a fire pit at some point, yep. or th- like those are the moments someone really does invest in someone hmm. else and they don't ever, they don't make it into the bio. Yeah. You know, looking at some of the people that that you've highlighted uh, in in the hundred, I've just seen it shared. Mm-hmm. Jansen Miller, mm-hmm. Jenny Wynn, mm-hmm. Andrea Fillmore. I mean, you're you're, you're talking about high caliber uh, people who are contributing and shaping our culture in in this city and the the kind of city that it's becoming. I'm curious, like, you know, for for you, what's kept the fire going? to make sure that these stories and these people are being highlighted and that this is a different narrative being told? I think, you know, it's a big task. A hundred interviews, a hundred photos, all of that um, is a lot. And and it does get the admin side of it can be draining. Mm -hmm. What keeps the fire going on the other side is really reading the stories and getting the the context and the constant reminders of why it's important to tell these. Mm-hmm. Um, cause kind of like I said, how it, you know, your, your bio is your kind of highlight reel and these mm-hmm. are people, what people have actually accomplished and overcome, um, really means a lot to me. So we yeah. have, we have a lot of remerge grads in issue one oh and issue goodness. two. I love it. Um, and some of these women have told me, um, you know, my daughter cried when she opened the magazine because she's only ever seen my mugshot. Wow. In print. Wow. 
Um, so to know her daughter now looks at her in a different light and saying like, she's worthy, like she's done all of this stuff and yeah. overcome all of this and made it into this magazine for her character. Something mm. that's, yeah. I mean, I, I have women who have come in and say, I've never, no one's ever taken my picture. No one's ever done a headshot for mm. me. No one's ever told them that their character was even important. And yeah. that sometimes can be what puts them on a path to some bad decisions mm. is not even ever being told that there's an alternative. Yeah. Um, I have like some women, some resettled refugees in issue one who have said like, no one ever wrote about me as a person. They only yes. wrote about me as a refugee. Wow. And like, um, and these are women who are doing incredible mm -hmm. things in our community. And it just depends on how you define incredible, right? Because the person mm -hmm. who has like a, a garden in her backyard yeah. and is feeding her neighbors who would otherwise not eat, She's not on the 30 under 30 list. She does mm. not have a PR team. She does right. not have time to go report to everyone how awesome right. she is. So finding these women and making sure that their stories are told so that someone else who is doing, who, who looks like her mm. and, and is in that same season um, also feels like, oh, this work mm. I'm doing is seen and valued. It's not nothing just because I'm not the president of a bank. Yeah. It makes me think of what Bob Goff says. Yeah. Uh, be secretly incredible. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what you're doing is you're highlighting people who are being secretly incredible and really highlighting and shaping a new narrative um, around what's truly important. Mm -hmm. What's truly important uh, for people to, to see uh, in women, but also just what what's truly important for people to, to see in culture at large, which is who we're becoming uh, the character that, that exists, even when, you know, sometimes life can fall apart for us. Mm -hmm. So thank you for doing that really important work. Like that's, yeah. that's unique to see that. So I'm, I'm curious, we've gone through COVID. Mm -hmm. There's still that some of these after effects and, mm -hmm. you know, but for you as a connector, mm -hmm. how do you view connection and what, what does connecting look like on the other side now that the treasury's like been growing and everything else along with it. What do you think about um, as far as the future of connecting? Um, I feel like something that is true before pandemic or after is really just being a good listener. Just like how I, mm. you know, the advice that I followed in starting the business is just when you really listen. Um, I think people talk to you differently based on how you listen. And so they will share things that they truly need instead mm -hmm. of feeling like they just have to give me some like good quick report about how their business is yeah. going. Um, because at the end of the day, it, if I can from a really vulnerable place, know what people are needing, mm -hmm. um, then the natural connector in me will want to, you know, give them the resources and the relationships that they, that yeah. they need. But it has become challenging. I mean, I, attendance is still, still not the same mm -hmm. from before to any of our networking events or learning mm -hmm. events, still not the same as before the pandemic. I don't think it ever will be. I think mm -hmm. that people are engaging with each other in a different way and prioritizing things differently. Um, but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think that mm -hmm. it's, um, like I think the audiences are going to be like smaller and a little bit more engaged um, because they are being so much more choosy now about mm -hmm. how they spend their time. Would you say that it's listening that's allowed you to, to look at um, this is what I see people doing. This mm -hmm. is how things are happening and I'm going to create spaces and then connect them. It, it, has listening been the thing that's led all of 
your, 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 I guess, notable, um, I want to be careful with the word notable because it's by, by that, I simply mean work that the other people have seen, mm-hmm. maybe not the, the work that's a garden, yeah. you know, or yeah. things that are, uh, notable, but, but the things that, that do have, have a spotlight, has it really just come from listening? Yeah, I think so. Wow. I think, um, I think that could be true of anyone, but especially in a space where uh, I rely so heavily on feedback mm-hmm. to continue doing anything. Yeah. Um, I think it's really important to listen. And especially in um, a space where what I heard very consistently for the first year of business from women is that they felt like no one was listening to them. Mm-hmm. So I think whenever you come into an audience that feels like they're not being heard, um, you kind of have to overdo it on the listening so that they feel like they're a part of that. Hmm. Okay. So the, the week that we're releasing this is the week of, um, the hundred issue two Mm -hmm. coming out. Yes. So it's October 24, October 25 on this week. How can people get a copy of the hundred? So we'll sell online hundredmag.com. Okay, hundredmag.com. Yes, it will also be at Blue Seven, at Plenty, and at Chirps and Cheers. Okay, Blue Seven, Plenty, Chirps and Cheers. Make sure that you get a copy of Hundred, uh, the Hundred. Is that right? Hundred magazine. Hundred magazine mm-hmm. at hundredmag.com or at one of those spaces right there. Yeah. Hannah, thanks for what you're doing for our community uh, with the treasury. Um, thank you for for uh, how you're impacting culture through hundred. Uh, and and finally, um, just as you know, maybe somebody's listening to this and they say, okay, it sounds good, but I feel like there's like this other thing that you have, you know, that allows you to, to do all these things and, and all that. And I just, I don't know if my thing is going to make a difference. What would you say to them today? Hmm. I mean, honestly, hmm. if I can do it, anyone can do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hear uh, you. I don't think I do. I do think that there are people who have special education experiences, relationships, mm-hmm. whatever that may be. Um, but most people have a lot of untapped resources. Mm. They just are not willing to ask. So a lot of people came alongside me at different times and encouraged me Mm. to ask more for what I wanted. Yeah. Um, but it's always out there. It's always out there. And sometimes it's just taking that step. And as you took steps, Mm -hmm. it began to happen around you. It wasn't overnight. Yeah. But now there's this uh, incredible thing that continues to happen. So once again, thank you uh, very much. And for all of you, thank you for joining us today on the Leader Growth Podcast. I will be back here next week with a fantastic guest. Until then, love hard, live full, and lead strong. This is the anthem. Our declaration. We are locked in. All in and full out. We are the roar. You think you can run with us? Let's go. I get lying in my blood. You were just a cub. I roll with the king. I am guaranteed to dub. What it is, what it was. I am dope showing love. From the dirt, get a glove. This flow is for the scrub. You can't beat me. So go take a seat and do it discreetly. I pray and then I slay these beats. Make it look easy. I'm a lion and you just lying. I'll leave you lying. But I kind of got to give you some credit. 
trying 